Hey, it's episode 244, and today we're chatting about whether or not you should be worried about snoring, when a person stops breathing for 10 seconds, what that means, and how to approach it, the quality of sleep that you're having, and how that can have an impact on your productive life, poor quality sleep, uh, linked to unhealthy food cravings, and so, so much more. If you have questions about today's content, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. Our guest today is Dr. Magna Dasani, DMDFICOI, a practicing dentist for over 20 years, an expert in screening and treating obstructive sleep apnea in children and adults, author of Healthy Sleep, Happy Kids, The Parent's Guide to Sleep Apnea and Kids. Dr. Dasani, received her Bachelor of Dental Surgery, BDS, in Mumbai and practiced there for six years before earning a degree in dentistry from the Goldman School of Dental Medicine at Boston University. In 2011, Dr. Dasani bought her practice, Dasani Dentistry, and continued to pursue education courses to keep on bringing innovative services to her patients. Dr. Dasani teaches courses on sleep apnea and dentistry to practitioners across the United States and internationally and has pioneered pioneered the use of oral appliances to treat sleep apnea in young children. She's a member of organizations including American Dental Association, Texas Dental Association, Greater Houston Dental Society, Academy of General Dentistry, Seattle Study Club of Southeast Houston. Wow, right? I love today's episode. So, so focused on something so important to us, sleep, quality of sleep. I love when Dr. Dasani opens up her heart and talks about how her heartache inspired her to help others. This is where the magic really is when it comes to our work. Now, if you want to catch up with Dr. Dasani after today's episode, she's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. On Facebook, she's Dasani Dentistry, Instagram, Dr. Dasani, that's D-A-S-S-A-N-I. I, and then Twitter as Dasani Dental. Also, they're on YouTube. You can find them at Houston Dentist DMD. And her website is Meghna Dasani. That's M E G H N A D A S S A N I.com. You can also check out her podcast, Healthy Sleep Revolution Podcast, and her book, which I mentioned in her intro, is Healthy Sleep, Happy Kids, The Parent's Guide to Sleep Apnea and Kids, which you can find on Amazon. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working. Did you know imbalanced hormones are generally at the core of all struggles that women face when it comes to our weight? Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Thanks so much for listening, and let's get started with the show. What's up, guys? My name is Dr. Magna Dasani. I am a general dentist. I practice in the Houston area, and I see patients of all ages every single day within the practice. It could be a baby that's just had their first tooth come in to parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts. You have a tooth. Well, sometimes even if you don't, we will still see you. And our practice has a huge focus on treating sleep apnea as well as sleep disordered breathing in 
our patients. We started with actually helping just the adults. How I got started into this was losing a family member to complications related to sleep apnea. And that got me thinking as to if my family is suffering, what are the chances, right, that there's other families, other loved ones that are going through what we went through as a family? And that is what got me started into treating sleep apnea. We started with adults. And as we helped so many more people breathe better and actually get better quality of sleep, the question started to come, could you help my child? Could you do this for my grandbaby as well? And that got me thinking. And of course, getting the training that I needed to get. So here we are in 2020 with my practice that focuses on the person as a whole, not just fixing a tooth, but also making sure our patients are sleeping better, breathing better. And um, I truly believe this is the way healthcare is headed. This is the way we as a community, right? That is where we are headed towards more health, towards a wellness-based model. Now, snoring, should I be worried? Should you be worried? This is a question I get asked all the time, but I also hear the other end of it. Oh, well, I just snore or he only snores when he's tired or my child just snores when they're stuffed up. And my answer to this is yes. If it's occasional snoring, the one time that a person snored when they were stuffy or blocked up, I would not lose sleep over it. Yes, you would continue to monitor it. But what are the chances that that is the only time that has happened? Snoring is usually the first sign that there is something wrong with that person's breathing. They are struggling to catch a breath. That is the way I look at it. Snoring happens when there is vibration of the the tissues in the back of the throat, when we're trying to breathe in or out through a much narrowed airway. It's like you're having a very narrow tube through which air is passing, but then now you have this tissue, the back of our throat, which is sitting there flapping in the wind. This is what is causing that noise. Usually tells me we got a problem. Something needs to be done with this for us to be able to help this person feel better, sleep better. And if we ever ask, if we ever dig deeper into questions with a person that says that all they do is snore, nine times out of 10, they are not waking up feeling rested. They feel exhausted in the morning. It's like they got ran over by a truck, right? The other thing also to remember is a lot of time people aren't able to differentiate the difference between are we just in air quotes snoring or is that person choking or gasping for breath? Sometimes it's a very fine line that we cannot differentiate. When a person stops breathing for 10 seconds or more multiple times throughout the night, and if they get a sleep study, They have sleep apnea. They come back with a diagnosis of sleep apnea. They're stopping breathing for 10 seconds or more throughout the night. And my question is, is it always 10 seconds? No, it's not. It could be longer. 
I have seen patients with their sleep studies where they've stopped breathing for as long as a minute. That's a long time to go without oxygen to your brain. And what happens in such cases? In these patients, when they're stopping breathing, the heart slows down, right? There's no oxygen. There's nothing that needs to be taken to the rest of the body. So the heart slows down. And at some point, the brain goes, oh my gosh, wake up. I need more oxygen. You got to wake up. And that kickstarts the heart. The heart is now pumping frantically to try and get oxygen to the brain, to the rest of the body. And this happens throughout the night. This happens multiple times throughout the night. This is why when we see these patients, we see them with cardiac disease. These are the patients that are more prone to heart attacks. These are the patients that are at higher risk for stroke. These are the patients that have cardiac enlargement. This is why snoring in itself isn't as benign as much as we want it to be. And there is a handful of people that have just that, just snoring, which is super annoying if you've ever slept next to a person that does that. Think about it. The person that is snoring, we know that there is a possibility from what we just discussed a few seconds ago. There is a possibility that they're not getting enough oxygen. Their brain is waking their heart up, which means their brain is going through micro arousals. They may not remember these in the morning unless they got poked in the ribs by an elbow telling them to stop snoring and they're tired the next day. More than likely, they wake up with a headache because of that lack of oxygen. But think about what's happening to their bed partner, to their spouse, to their loved one, to whoever it is that is in bed with them. That person isn't sleeping either. Now, we're just going to attribute that to the snoring. So not only is the person suffering, not getting good sleep, but the person sleeping by them is suffering as well. So yes, we should be worried about snoring. Snoring is a big deal because remember, it's, it's always the first sign that there's something wrong with that person's breathing. The sooner we can fix things before it gets more severe, the better it is. Why would we want to suffer for years and years and years and then feel better as opposed to let me get this checked out. Let me see what's going on and get this addressed. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. Immune system support is the name of the game these days. I just mixed a packet of chaga, I'll explain what this is in a second, and mint tea with almond milk and ice for a delicious immune supporting drink that took me seconds to whip up. Chaga. Okay, what's the deal here? Think of it like your daily bodyguard to keep you well. Chaga is a mushroom that helps to defend your immune system by supporting immune function and has been used for hundreds of years. We know now more than ever how important your immune system is for overall health. Getting enough sleep, reducing stress, and eating healthy all contribute to a strong immune system. Adding mushrooms into the mix gives us another layer of protection. 
You can go to foursigmatic.com slash keto and get 15% off my favorite chaga elixir. Plus, Four Sigmatic is offering 20% off, so you'll be getting 35% off when you order through foursigmatic.com slash keto. Again, that's foursigmatic.com slash keto. Enjoy. Now, the most common reasons for sleep disordered breathing, and I'm, I will split this up in kids as well as in adults, typically is obesity. We find that any excess weight around the neck in an adult does contribute to an obstruction. It does contribute to more tissue around their neck, which leads to the airway being narrowed. When we fall asleep, think what happens to your body. When we fall asleep, our muscles relax, right? That is when all the healing is happening. That is when our body is repairing itself. Our muscles are at their most relaxed at that time. In the neck, in the back of the throat, the same thing happens. The muscles relax. And a muscle that is relaxed tends to occupy more space, more room than one that is tensed up. The tongue falls to the back of the throat. All of the throat muscles are nice and loose. They're relaxed. They're occupying more space. This is contributing to an obstruction. This is contributing to a more narrowed airway. So this is one of the causes why a person might have sleep disordered breathing. This is why we might see the snoring. This is why they might have an obstruction. This is why they might have sleep apnea. Another big cause is enlarged tonsils. When we have a person or child that has what we call grade three or grade four tonsils, grade three is where they occupy almost three quarters of the throat. The tonsils are so huge, they're not quite touching in the middle, but they're so huge. Or a grade four is when they're enlarged enough to where they touch in the middle of the throat. These enlarged tonsils are creating a physical obstruction. Now, throw in the fact that those muscles will relax, everything's going to get smaller, and again, leads to not being able to get enough air, enough oxygen for that person to breathe. So having that excess weight around the neck, enlarged tonsils are going to contribute to this person not being able to sleep the way we want them to sleep. There are other neurological conditions too that can contribute to a person suffering from sleep disordered breathing. It could be the shape of the jaws. Some folks just have narrower jaws or jaws that are set further back into their heads as opposed to where they need to be. The position of the jaws plays a big role. Having a narrow palate for kids that suck their thumb or people that used a pacifier as an as a child as a baby for a long time or were bottle fed for an extended period of time suck their fingers when there is a physical object in this case be the pacifier be their own thumb or anything else that this child is putting in their mouth when we have something that rests between the palate between the roof of the mouth and the tongue, and there is suction or pressure applied from the action, from the motion of sucking, 
it tends to cause a collapse of the palate, of the roof of the mouth. These are folks with much narrower palates. The tongue does not, does not belong in the floor of the mouth. It does not belong further below in the lower jaw. When we are relaxed, sitting, maybe watching a movie or reading a book or not eating, drinking, or speaking, if we pay attention to where our tongue and lips are, our ideal oral posture, how our mouth should be should look, should be lips together, we should be breathing through our nose, and the tongue should rest passively in the roof of the mouth. The tongue does act as a natural expander and retainer, which holds the jaw. It also molds the shape of the upper jaw. And when we have a situation where the tongue isn't able to do that, when we are growing, it tends to cause that narrower palate. It also, these are kids or adults that we see with crooked teeth or the teeth didn't quite have the room to come in because the bone of the jaw never developed to the shape that it was meant to be. In children that breathe through their mouth, it contributes to the exact same thing. The tongue isn't where it needs to be. The tonsils are enlarged. All of this contributes to it. And a lot of times it could be genetic too. So we could never rule out genetic factors. However, there are ways when a person, a child is growing that we can interact, we can use some of the growth potential to guide growth. So there are a lot of factors. Unfortunately, there is no one reason that does it, but making sure that your dentist is evaluating, working with an MD, working with an ENT, working with a dentist that is able to evaluate and guide and change what needs to be changed. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. So I'm doing this new thing when it comes to food prep. Every couple of days, I just don't eat a regular meal. I switch out my regular meal for a loaded keto shake. It takes seconds to whip up, keeps me full until dinner time. So here's what I put in it. A scoop of prime protein, a handful of spinach, a drop of peppermint oil, cashew milk, chia seeds, and boom, keto shake, it's delicious. Now, Prime Protein is made by Equip. It's a doctor-developed line of supplements made 100% from real foods and none of the junk you're going to find in other supplements. What I like about Prime Protein is that it's made with all-natural grass-fed beef isolate protein and therefore doesn't ruin your gut or cause inflammation like whey. Instead, it contains collagen and gelatin that repairs your joints and soft tissues, something that a plant-based protein just won't. Just like whey doesn't taste like cheese, like could you imagine cheese smoothies? Prime protein doesn't taste like a steak, just chocolate through and through. Each bag has 30 servings and each serving is 24 grams of protein. Mix that in with a little fat and you're set. When you place your first order with Equip, you're going to receive 20% off. All you got to do is head to equipfoods.com slash KDP. That's E-Q-U-I-P foods.com slash KDP. Load up your cart and use the code KDP for your 20% off. And if you're interested in collagen, they have that too. It's not flavored. It's just plain. And it's a great price, especially with the discount. Again, that's equipfoods.com 
com slash KDP with the coupon code KDP for 20% off your first order. Okay, enjoy. How does breathing affect sleep? I know we covered this a little bit while we were talking earlier, but being able to breathe uninterrupted through our nose, making sure we're getting enough air, enough oxygen through our nose, which is eventually able to reach our lungs is key. When that doesn't happen, be it due to a nasal obstruction, we are not able to breathe through your nose, be it due to other obstructions in the back of the throat, be it the tonsils are enlarged or there's so much excess tissue around the neck that it causes a break in the flow of air as to how smoothly air flows into your lungs. All of this does tend to impact the quality of sleep a person is getting. We want to make sure we're getting close to 7.7 hours of sleep, almost eight hours of sleep. Now, I know this doesn't happen for all of us, but we want to make sure not only are we getting enough quantity of sleep, but also enough quality sleep, making sure we wake up feeling rested, ready to go take on the world. Think about the time you had one of those nights. You woke up and we're ready to take on the world. Man, this is the best sleep I ever got. Wouldn't it be nice to wake up feeling like that every single day and compare it to the nights where, or the mornings where you woke up and said, I need a gallon of coffee just to get going. So those are the things that we want to make sure we are focusing on, getting enough sleep, getting enough restful sleep, getting enough healthy sleep. And healthy sleep is key, making sure our brain is getting the oxygen it needs, making sure we're able to keep going. Because a person that is sleep deprived is not, I can tell you this, this person has excessive daytime sleepiness, right? They are constantly tired. These are the folks that are falling asleep at the wheel. They are falling asleep at traffic lights, waiting for the light to turn green. They're nodding off while they're driving. This is a person that is not at their best, at their 100%, even at work, or they give it their 100% at work, but are so exhausted when they come home. They have zero energy to spend time with their kids or play with their kids or spend time with their spouse. These are folks that are at a higher risk for heart attack, for stroke, for Alzheimer's, for depression. Because when we sleep, not only does our body repair itself, but all of our neurotransmitters in the brain are replenished. The hormones that control hunger and satiety, leptin and ghrelin, they get replenished. These are the hormones that send out the signal to our body. I've had enough. I really don't need to eat more. I am not hungry. Versus time to eat. This body needs fuel. Let's make wise choices. Because I don't know about you, but when I am tired, when I am hangry, and I haven't gotten enough rest, I do not find myself reaching for the healthy foods or snacks. I want to reach for something that is full of sugar that I believe, I think in my head, I know it's not true, is going to give me that instant jolt of energy. These are, the, these are the times when we find ourselves reaching for the energy drinks or the cupcakes or the sugar-laden soda or whatever it is that we tend to find ourselves drawn towards. That truly isn't the answer because getting healthy sleep does enable us to actually get on track towards having 
healthier lifestyles as well. So making food choices, wiser food choices. And if I'm not tired, if I have more energy, if I know I am motivated to eat right, I find myself getting out and working out a little more, being more physically active, spending time with the kids running around. So getting healthy sleep impacts every aspect of our life, not just oh, I'm waking up and going to work, but it does tend to lead us into healthier lifestyles as well. In talking about mouth breathing, we are meant to breathe through the nose. The function of nose breathing or nasal breathing basically is it humidifies the air. It is going to purify the air. It's going to smoothen out the flow of air into the lungs. It cleans all those viruses and bacteria and dust mites and every other little thing that is in every breath that we inhale. That is the function of the nose. It's going to warm that air. So you have warm, humid air reaching the lungs, as opposed to when we breathe through our mouth. When we are mouth breathers, the nose isn't doing this function. And there are a number of reasons why a person may not be able to breathe through their mouth, uh, through their nose. They either have some form of nasal obstruction. They might have a deviated nasal septum. They probably suffered from chronic, chronic allergies a while ago, could not breathe through their nose. To compensate, started to breathe through their mouth. And that became a habit even though the stuffiness of the nose may have gone away or been addressed. If there is a person with a tongue that has a low tongue posture, maybe their tongue tied, maybe the direction of growth for their jaws is in a different manner. It leads them to have the longer face, the tongue resting below instead of in the roof of the mouth. These are all reasons that could contribute to mouth breathing. But when we mouth breathe, when we do not breathe through our nose, think about what happens to the air. That air, which was supposed to go in through the nose, which was supposed to be warmed up, which was supposed to be humidified, which was supposed to be cleared, gotten rid of all the viruses, the bacteria, the dust mites, that is not happening because we are now breathing through our mouth. But guess who has to do the job then? Our body has to step up to help with some of these functions, or maybe even all of these functions, although not quite as well as the nose may do it. Yes, in that case, it's the tonsils that step up. Now, the tonsils are not made to do the job of the nose. It's important to remember that. But when they are forced to do this, how do they respond? This is when we see the person present with tonsils that start to get bigger. Not to mention a whole slew of other things that happen in the mouth. It dries out the tissues of the mouth. These are people that end up with more gum disease, gums that look red, they're bleeding, they're just dry. We want our gums to be pink and healthy with no bleeding. When this constant drying out of the mouth happens because of mouth breathing, these are also folks that tend to have more dental decay. And we talked earlier as to how when you have enlarged tonsils, that could work as an obstruction, which could contribute to sleep disordered breathing. So everything that we do, how our body heals, how we 
how everything ties in together is all interconnected. Breathing through the nose is very, very important. There are breathing techniques that we can utilize to help train ourselves to breathe better through the nose, making sure the nose isn't blocked anymore, making sure allergies are controlled, working with an ENT to make sure that is being addressed, working with the dentist to make sure oral tissues are not being damaged. Snoring is does need to be addressed. It is a sign that there is something wrong with your sleep. So thank you for having me today, guys. It was a pleasure to chat with you and share some of this information with all of your listeners. Thanks so much. Great episode, right? Next up on the podcast, Sunday, April 26th, episode 245. I'm chatting with you about what to watch out for in quote unquote keto foods. Sunday, May 3rd, episode 246. Our guest, Angela Foster, is chatting about the missing link to health being in your DNA. This stuff is good. We're chatting genes. We're getting all nerdy. It's really good, but Angela is very, very good at explaining stuff. So it's pretty nerdy, but I feel like anyone can follow, even if you don't understand the APOE4 double XL Ethernet adapter. I just made up most of that, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. Angela breaks it all down. It's really easy to follow. I think you're going to like that episode again. That's Sunday, May 3rd. So I will see you then and have a great week. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 